Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. Glad you're here and glad you are online wherever you're at. I have to start giving shout outs to certain areas because there are people who comment on sermons. Got a couple good comments on yours, Caleb. I'm speaking to Caleb right now, by the way, for those listening online. Yeah, got two two messages on Facebook. Yeah, very complimentary. Like short but powerful. Yeah. I thought that was very nice. Um, well, welcome. I was just talking about yesterday going to the air show. First one I've ever been to. Went to Wisconsin. Impressive. I don't know if planes should be treated, played around like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sitting closely to those planes being played around with like that is probably the safest or the best bet to take your children to, but I am a Midwestern now, so that's what we do. We eat fried cheese and watch planes do dangerous maneuvers. Um, well, yeah, today we're going to be in Second uh, Peter where we're starting out. And talking about this shocker, really. It's going to be a shocker. Are you guys ready? We're talking about love today. I've always been talking about, usually I always talk about grace, but man, I swear the past six or seven months, all of my sermons have been on the topic of love. And uh, the great thing about that is, is that you can't seem to get away from it in the New Testament. Um. There's a lot of stuff in there that you go like, oh, but it's always sandwiched between these interesting verses on love. And uh, so what I've done is gone through and picked out some of these verses to take a look at today. And uh, I think it's just always a good reminder because social justice work that is so important in the world, you know, comes out of a heart of love. And uh, a lot of this is what drives drives us. As I was driving in today, my my iPod or my iPhone, I guess they don't have iPods anymore, is on shuffle, and Martin Luther King Jr.'s sermon came on, part of the I Have a Dream speech. And uh, I just thought about how much love went into that talk and how much love he had for people and he would say you know we've got to save our white brothers and sisters as well from 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 this danger of that they're in and I thought wow this is just really amazing the love and grace that he has towards people so always a beacon of hope Dr. King is um so here we are in First Peter, Peter 3, we've got a long way to go, short time to get there. 
His divine power has given us everything needed for life and godliness, though his knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Thus he has given us through these things his precious and very great promise, so through them you may escape from the corruption that is in this world because of lust and may because of lust and may become participants in the divine nature. For this very reason you must make an effort every effort to support your faith. Now this is what we're talking about. For this reason you must make every effort to support your faith. With goodness and with goodness this is, seems to be trying to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love for these are the things you are known these things are yours and are for you for if these things are yours and are increased among you you keep you from they'll keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For anyone who lacks these things is nearsighted and blind and is forgetful and clean of the cleansing of past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be all the more eager to confirm your call and election, for, it is, for if you do this, you will never stumble. For in this way, enter into the eternal kingdom of the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. Therefore, intend, therefore, I attend to keep reminding you of these things, though you know them already. I think this is something that's important. This is that Peter is saying, I want to remi- keep reminding you. Even though you know them, I'm going to keep reminding you. And I think that's, you know, the scriptures can be redundant at times, and I think it's important, though, to have that redundancy of grace and hope and faith and love and all those things because there's so much in here that can, can be confusing or seem tough to understand but you've got to see these through these lenses of love and that's why we have to be continuously reminded it goes on to goes and are established in the truth that has come to you I think right as long as I am in this body to refresh your memory so Peter's going to refresh our memory and continue to remind us this but what I wanted to really look at was back here where it says in 5, um, or is it 5? Five? 5 says, For this very reason you must make every effort to support your faith with goodness and goodness with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with endurance and endurance with godliness and godliness with mutual affection and mutual affection with love for these, and love. For these things you are, are yours and increase among you and keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful. But I like in this list how it goes from goodness, knowledge, self-control, endurance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. And I like how the goal is love. You know, and all that stuff. You know, the goal is still love. You know, mutual affection of course, as part of love, patience. Um, was patience in there? Goodness with knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, that's what I meant. I mean, the self-control is in there. 
And these are all things that are lead us to love, to love one another, you know, having self-control, um, endurance, you know, being able to endure. This is like, it's, it's strange because it's so close to what Paul talks about in Corinthians 13 is love endures all things, you know, it's patient, never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. And, uh, affection but the goal here is love and the idea is is to not is to let not be unfruitful but to be fruitful in our lives and love brings fruit to our lives it's one of the if not the most important fruit of the spirit greatest of these faith hope and love and it says out of these the greatest of that is love so constant reminder of that um first john Let me jump over to First John and talk a little bit more about love. I've got these things. I love that mutual affection. That's a neat thing. Mutual affection for one another. Something that's important to not just be like, oh, I love you, but to have mutual affection. It seems to be an important thing to have affection for one another. That's really beautiful. And... Uh, Something as an introvert, I think I miss out on sometimes, you know, and something I need to practice more of. Because I think it can be a really powerful thing, especially in the church. First um, John 4, 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. Um, to me, that's one of my favorite, one of my favorite statements in the Bible is "God is love." Um, I remember posting that once, and someone was like, "The Bible doesn't say that," <laughs> and I was like, "Does it?" <laughs> I had to remember. I had to <laughs> look it up again. Um, and it was funny because it was. It was a reformed brother, a Calvinist brother who was saying that God is more than that. God is just and God is judgment and God is, this. you know, we all, you know, is it so ra- so so wrong if God is just love? Doesn't love cover all those things? And it doesn't cover justice in a way that would be more beautiful than we can imagine God's love was revealed amongst us in this way God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him in this love not that we loved God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins beloved since God loved us so much we also ought to love one another no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is perfected in us. That's that mutual affection we were talking about, that love, is that, what do I love when I love my God? You know? What do I love when I love God? I love the other. It's, it's the only way to do it. We can't see God. You know, we can burn sacrifices for God. We don't burn, you know. <laughs> it's not how we 
show love to God, we show love to God by loving others and doing that to the best of our ability. And that's also, well, we'll get into that in a minute. Let's go on a little bit further before we get into the, the complicatedness of that. But there's so much of this beauty in the Bible. By the way, we know that we abide in him and he in us because we, he has given us the spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the father has sent his son as savior of the world. God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believe in the love of God has for us. God is love, says it again, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them. I mean, it makes you realize that God's in a lot more people than we give credit for, you know? Because we see, I think we see a lot of love outside just church and comfort zone and things like that. And people just want to put God in a box or in little boxes <laughs> and little groups and say, well, there you go. But, you know, I see love in people from all different backgrounds, all different faiths, all different, you know, great, great love. And in that, that's where I feel like I, re- I relate to God most is through love and through relationships and through that mutual affection that was talking about earlier. And uh, joy, the joy that you get out of relationships. And that can be tough sometimes. You know, for me, I just, you know, been dealing a lot with depression and anxiety and it's hard to feel joy, you know. But I have a buddy of mine uh, who's been checking in on me lately and uh, we get together and, and talk and, and stuff like that and you know and just to feel that love and feel that caring feel that affection and hopefully he feels it back that mutual affection um, you know allows me to feel closer to God you know gives me some sort of hope and uh when sometimes life can feel so hopeless, you know, and, and can feel crushing. Uh, and that's why it's important for us to love each other and to, to be willing to make sacrifices to do that and to be willing to check in with each other, be willing to go the extra mile. And, uh, you know, it just takes a little bit of our time to to go that extra mile or to check in on somebody who might need us or be there for someone who might need us. And, you know, you never know what people are going through and, uh, showing a little bit of love is really a hopeful thing. It's really a good medicine. Love has been perfected amongst us in this, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment. Because he is so we are, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. Now, this is pretty cool. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment. Whoever fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brother or sister are liars. 
For those who do not love a brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love a God whom they have not seen. The commandments we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. That's a tough one, you know. Um, but, and there's a lot of counterfeit love out of there. And you know, people are like, oh, I'm just, I love you, and that's why I'm treating you like a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, and that's why I'm excommunicating you. You know, I love you, and that's why I'm telling you that you're a horrible, filthy sinner. You know, um, I think there's times for love to be correctional and, and, and to con- conf- confront, um, definitely. But I think there's also a lot of love with asterisks on it, you know, and we have to be weary of that. A lot of, I love you if you're like me, or I love you if you believe like me, and... um that's a trap. And I think for me, the challenge is is loving people who feel that way. You know, loving people who go like, well, I want you to love like me and think like me and be like me and going, I can't quite do that. And I don't think it's quite right, but I'm also got to try to love you as well. (laughs) And that's tough. That's a struggle. But I feel like that's some part of what this love, this powerful love is calling us to is to love beyond that comfort zone. And I like how they say there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Well, I realize is I don't have perfect love yet, but man, that's something I, I want to have more of. You know, I know when I feel loved, that fear starts to go to its side. When I feel loved by somebody, you know, in a relationship or a parent or something like that, and you know they're going to love you no matter what. You know, that bit of fear can kind of go away of being like, oh, what's going to happen, you know? When you find people that you can have refuge in, you experience love in a really beautiful way. And um, and for me, it's like that's what I want to do when I'm more healthy and feeling better. I want to be able to make sure that I'm able to be a refuge for people, you know? And if revolution was bigger, well, we'd be more of a refuge for people, <laughs> you know. But we are what we can be, at the size we are. Um, Jesus talked a lot about love, and in going to read two things that Jesus said about love. That's right. Sorry, I was wrong. It was in Matthew, not to be in John. John 13, where are you? 
34, where are you? At the Last Supper, Jesus gives a new commandment. And he goes, I'm giving you a new commandment that you love one another, which is funny because there's nothing new about that commandment. And he goes, just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you, if you have love for one another. And that's a simple little verse, but it's beautiful because he's saying basically people will know that you belong to me for your love for one another. That is the sign of a follower of Christ, is that you love. The mutual respect, the mutual What was it fondness? Mutual affection for one another will know that you belong to me. Um, there's a great thing about love in Jesus and, and following Jesus' talks, talks on love. And if you do like a word study or even if you just Google verses on love, it's a rabbit hole. There's so much Jesus said about love and it's so worth going down the rabbit hole and seeing all the different things that Jesus talks about loving people and loving each other and loving your neighbor and how how that love comes out and what love looks like. But, um, and then of course there's what I mentioned earlier, Corinthians 13, that verse is a beautiful verse on love that I don't think can be read enough. And one of the things that Jesus said now back in Matthew um, Matthew five forty three. I've read this a ton. You have heard that it was said, "You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends a rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? It's great only if you're, and if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? So therefore be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So to be like Jesus is to love like Jesus, to love each other, and to be perfect or also is be complete is another translation, which I like, being complete, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is complete. I like that. A little bit better than perfect. I think perfect brings baggage with it. Um, but to be complete as your Heavenly Father is complete is through loving others through that mutual affection, you know? Just simple things like that. It's not, it's not that simple to practice it and to live it every day. Tomorrow is Monday, and so we wake up tomorrow on Monday, and it's a little bit difficult to live this type of love. It's a little bit more... The reality hits us when Monday morning comes around and slaps us in the face. <laughs> but that's what we're called to. And that's, so, that's that's the sermon for the day is to love, to find love, to be loved, to know that God is love, to experience that love, 
to share that love and uh, remember that we're not called to love those we, you know, we're called to love our enemies. You know, so Jesus, Jesus says, love like I do. Jesus is saying, love your enemies. Love those who persecute you. You know, I'm just going to close with Old Faithful. Old Faithful. Romans, I mean, Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. I mean, you may even read a little bit longer than that. But it says, love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious, envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And eight begins with, love never ends. So today my message is love. Love yourself and love each other and, and and because you're supposed to love your neighbor as yourself, remember? So you gotta learn to love yourself as well. And sometimes that can be the toughest job, you know. I think it was Brennan Manning, he used to say one of the toughest things you can do is accept that you're accepted by a power that's greater than yourself. But you are accepted. And to learn to love yourself. I'm I'm struggling with that. I'm not going to lie. That's a really big struggle for me right now. You know, when I'm full of anxiety, I'm not going like, man, I love you so much, Jay. <laughs> I'm like, why are you feeling this way? What's going on? What You know, but I'm having to do things that require self-love by going to my therapist and going to my psychiatrist, going to my classes, doing the things that need to be done. So I can be a good father, so I can be a loving father, so I can be a loving husband, so I can be a loving friend. You know, I've got to love myself too. And, uh, yeah. And, and so how do we love God? You know, we're here at church or you're listening to a sermon online, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so we're all honestly thinking, okay, well, how do we love God or what is this God thing? How do we do it? And First uh, John says, love others. I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love. And uh, just ask that you help us to live in that love, show that love to others, and uh, show that love to ourselves. We thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you so much for your love. Amen. Um, before we go, um, Revolution, you know what? Before we go, just thanks for listening to Revolution. We really appreciate you. Thanks. <laughs>